Bearing Nation, how we doing? This is your host, Rob Napoli, and you are tuning in to another episode of the Bear Necessities Podcast, a podcast where we sit down with entrepreneurs, ecosystem partners, and innovation folks, talk about what it takes to launch, create, and scale businesses across the world. How are we doing, Bear Nation? We are back again for another episode of the Bear Necessities Podcast, and uh, I brought back one of my favorite people, um, Walker McKay. Walker is a G. He has been around the sales game for a long time. He has an incredible story of how he got into entrepreneurship, which we did an earlier pod. So I'll link that in the show notes. You can learn about it. If you haven't listened to that episode and heard of Walker, like go listen. But I wanted to bring him back to discuss a very specific topic. Uh, before we get into that topic, Walker, how are you doing, my friend? And I'm great. And I want to um, thank you so much for inviting me back. I love your podcast and I'm so glad that we met each other and have become friends and you are really somebody who's helped me along the way. And those of you that are listening, just know Rob Napoli is a damn great guy and you are smart to be listening to his podcast. Well, I appreciate you, Walker. And, you know, I, I still think back to um, when Casey Jones introduced us and was like, Rob, like you and Walker would get along great. Like I'm going to introduce the two of you and see what happens. And since then, a friendship has been born. And, uh, yeah. you know, Walker, you've been a go to uh, for a lot of things uh, that I've shared with you. Um, and we've talked about in my own journey as being an entrepreneur and what I've dealt with. So I appreciate you um, all the same. And that's why this uh, episode to me was gonna be fun is I've I get asked a lot of times about selling for founders, right? A lot of the coaching and work that I do is working with entrepreneurs and founders on how to sell, especially when either English is not your native language, sales is not what you did in any previous life, all these things. And there's so much content out there about how to sell, uh, especially for salespeople, but it's really hard to digest that. So that's kind of when I get the heart of it. But there's an episode on your podcast, No BS Sales, that I listen to and I want to talk about because I be honest, have a little bit of a, a bone to pick uh, ba- based on some of my Good. own thought process around it uh, with the book I wrote. So the episode is called Making Friends Versus Making Sales. And something that stood out to me was you don't really need to build a relationship with your prospect to sell them something. So I want you to kind of explain uh, explain this, this episode and, and this concept to the listeners to kick things off. All right. So I'm going to challenge you right back. Right. So... Yes, you must build a relationship to sell. I think you absolutely, but what I want to talk about is what kind of relationship. Now, Rob, you, when we first got on the show a minute ago, you said Walker and I are friends. We've been da, 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 Rob, I couldn't find out where you live other than New York City, right? I don't know your wife's name. I don't know. I know some of your story, but I couldn't repeat it back. What I tell my prospects to look for in their clients or their prospects, excuse me, what I tell my clients to look for in their prospects is not friendship, but a healthy business relationship. The difference, right? A friendship, if you think about it, Rob, what is, um, what's an ideal, what's the goal of a friendship? What is the goal of a friendship, Rob? What would you think? (laughs) I mean, camaraderie. To keep it short, right? The goal of our friendship is nothing more than the friendship itself. If you have outside objectives, if you say, I'm going to become friends with this guy so he'll spend a million dollars with me, then that's you're going into a friendship in a deceptive manner. 
So what I'd rather us focus on, and, and a lot of people are like, oh, and it's weird. The same people that say, um, I, I want to make friends with my prospects would say the other side of their mouth, you can't do business with friends. And what they're really saying is, I don't want to have to sell anybody anything. I want them just to come to me and buy it, which is neat. But if you've got to go grow your business, unless you're selling dollar bills for 85 cents, that don't happen much. So what I want us to look at, a healthy business relationship is two or more people that are knowingly helping each other grow their business, make their lives better. Interesting. Two or more people. That's very interesting because, you know, one of the, the, the things I talk a lot about, I wrote a book called The Social Soul, which is all about the, the why to build a personal professional brand so that when you, when you yes. give value out and you, and you put that content out, you can receive it, right? People see you as yes. somebody who's smart, trustworthy, credible, right? Yeah. Like on my, my LinkedIn. And a real like, human being. Yeah. So, and I look at that as building a relationship. And I and and so that I think that's a really good clarification, building a relationship, building a friendship. And there's a lot of people that do a lot of networking. And, and you know, now, mm-hmm. now kind of COVID's in the rear view, like we got to go out and do networking again. So when you talk about building a business relationship, how does that, I think maybe even myself kind of got really caught up in this idea of relationship, friendship thing. And then then I always go, so how do you go about developing good, strong relationships and not friendships to to be seen to sell and do that transaction? It's funny, and it's it's a it's a great question that you ask. What it's and it's kind of simple. Is what you're talking about with people is business, and you and you want to find out what's their business journey. It's not so much, hey, I hope I can meet this person. We can go to football games together. We can do all these things together. It's what are the th- how can I get to know this person, know about their business, what they think about their business, what they think they need help with. What are the things then that I can help them with? If it's introduce them to somebody else, right? Where I say, gosh, I know people you need to know because they can be customers of yours. They can help you with something else. That to me, and if the other person says, hey, let me do the same for you. Or even if it's as simple as I'm going to sell you a product that will help you grow your business. You know it's helping me by selling it to you. And I know it's helping you by you buying it. Awesome. But if we never end up having dinner together, it's fine. Right? Our goal should not be that we know each other's kids. If we end up doing that, that's awesome, but don't have to do that. Interesting. Does that make sense? It makes a lot of sense because like in my early days, uh, when I was selling, I was doing a lot of account-based selling, right? I had um, two large, big corporate accounts with a few clients and I had to work my way through it. And and one of the things for me, I do like desk drop buys and bagels and coffee. And, you know, 100%. when I would go by their desk, I would look on their desk and see like what sports teams they liked. If they had pictures of kids or golf or sport or they had a something. And I would use that to build a relationship as a, as a conversation starter, right? Sure. Um, and, yeah. and I always made sure I was memorable by being kind of like, you know, I guess what you would think at 23, I, I won a, a semi-professional football national championship. And I had this like kind of yeah. big gaudy ring. And so I'd shake, when I shake hands, I would do the kind of handover so they could see the ring ah. and shake their hand. And it was a way, like I was breaking into the space against some big incumbents. Like the people that I was going up against in this account have been in the game for 10 years and I'm 23 yeah. 
barely know. It's like I needed it to be memorable. And that's how I leverage using relationships and building relationships yeah. to sell. And so I think that's why, but you know, many of them didn't become my friends. Although there were a few clients I'd take out for a golf or dinner and things like that. Sure. So how do you balance? So if you are starting to make a friendship or have those things with clients, because you're right, yeah. it's hard as hell to sell to friends. How do you like balance the business side and the personal so here's what I will tell you get really blurred. Yeah. So, so a couple of things, um, when you, and I'm going to address a couple of things you said, and then we'll get right there. When you're in high school and college and newly out of college, you often, people often measure their own success by how many friends they have, right? Because that's how you've got, I've got thousands of friends and hundreds of friends. That's how you measure. But when you get out and you reckon, and, and Rob, you move on with life a little bit and you get married, right? And you begin to have a family or your business grows. You don't have time to keep up with friends. There were some of your best buds from college that you probably hadn't talked to in five years. You might pick up with them just like that. Just know the people you're calling on, they're the same way. They don't have time for more friendships, for somebody else to go to dinner with. Now, you may end up being friends. You may reward a customer who's doing good business. You may take them out for golf. You may take them out to dinner. Here's a conversation I would suggest you have. And listen, it's fine to talk about their family, but what you may do, it's, it's a simple thing I call present, past, future. Tell me about your current role. What do you really do? Ask them about what they're doing today. What does that look like? And then past, how'd you get here? Tell me your story. You can ask a thousand questions around that. And then you can say, let's pretend things are going well. And it's two or three years in the future. And you say, man, this is great. What does that look like? And it's a great way to understand somebody's journey. It's a great way to have a business conversation. How many salespeople do you think come into somebody's office and go, oh, is that your wife or your daughter? Or, hey, look at that fish. I caught, you got a 10-pound bass. I caught a 10-pound bass, right? And the thing about a professional relationship, I would say, is it's never about you. And the only thing I would challenge you on about the ring is when you were saying, hey, look at my ring, what would be better is if you noticed something about them and you dug in, and even if you've caught a 12-pound bass and they've got an eight-pound bass on their wall, don't talk about your fish. They don't give a shit about your fish. Understand them. Does that make sense? Oh, 100%. And it's something that I've talked about in my book and on podcasts before. I've always been a good networker, but there was a yep. time when I was a taker versus when I became a giver, right? Yeah. And that kind of go-giver mentality, and that is making it about them always, because I did used to bring it back to me. And I, you know, it's interesting because I had a really strong book of business and all these things. But as I grew and as, especially when I left, that's, I was a big fish in a small pond and I went over to Italy yes. and then to New York, I've realized I had to like really expand that. And I have a large network and yep. it's really hard to keep up with everybody. Like I have uh, a thing that I learned from Larry Long Jr. Um, on Fridays where like I pick like one or two or three people uh, that I haven't heard from in a while and I shoot them a message. That's great. Um, like whether it's a, like just a text message or a voice message yep. or something, just to say hi and check in. Yep. And it's a way to like help me keep my network and remember people and just have conversations. But it's it's also a challenge because you know it takes up a lot of time to to stay. And then you up engage to date with, with somebody. Yeah. yeah. And then you engage with somebody, and it's hard. And so focus on what you can focus on. Make it about the other person. If we're ever, if we're ever making it about ourselves or screwing up, be memorable because quick story. My father was known as a great conversationalist. If you ever watched my dad talk, 
My dad spoke about 10% of the time. He would ask people questions. They would answer. He would say, that's interesting. Tell me more about that. And he would just, and he rarely said anything other than asking people's questions. And people would say, charming, fascinating. It's all about the other person. In sales, it's never about you. Yeah. I mean, usually so, people remember conversations where they talk the most about them. And they're like, oh, I had a great conversation with that, that guy or gal because they were asking questions about me. And like, I felt like there was a connection versus like, God, would Rob ever shut up? Like, I don't care that he did this or that. And that happens a lot. And so this is where I want to switch this because founders, because um, so, I want to take these concepts and, 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 and I want to talk about how it is with founders because founders have a lot of pressure as an entrepreneur early in your business. Oh, yeah. If you are not um, a native sell seller, if you're trying to sell in a new market, that's not your um, you know, native language, all these challenges. And it's really easy to do the exact thing you're talking about not to do, which is make it about me. I practice this. I can save you time. I can save you money. I can do this. So how do we take what we just talked about and, and turn that into action items for those that are trying to sell and, and get their businesses off the ground? Yeah, so it's, it's a great question. It's a billion dollar question, right? Is how do we do that? And so the first part is, um, the first thing is to identify who's your ideal prospect, is to figure out who is, who is that persona that's most likely to spend money with you? What is the size of the business? How would somebody recognize one? What are the kind of problems that they have? If we can, but you gotta fix, and maybe if it's a brand new product, that takes a little while. Maybe the person you think that's the ideal prospect is not the ideal prospect, right? Maybe we create it for this group of people, maybe it's that. That happens a lot more wrong? than you think. Like I see so many times like, oh, I made it for this market segment, this is my ICP. And it's like, wait a second, did you fucking validate it? Have you talked to them? Have you asked them questions? No, right. we shared some information. They, they like the idea. And it's like, no, no. So I love that you talk about this. And so how many, I have a number in my mind that I kind of put up, but how many conversations do you need to have in the field to like understand that? Like, what, what do you think that kind of repetition, if you, if somebody asks like Walker, like, I don't know, it's either this or this, what advice did you give them on, on going and talking to their market? And what is that kind of like number they need to know to kind of validate it? I mean, I would say somewhere between 10 and 20. And I think you should always be in the marketplace validating your idea. I mean, I think because the world changes every flicking day and the market can change and there could be different needs that come up. And maybe you find a thin vein that you're all down the pipe with, and maybe there's a whole nother river over here. Um, you know, there, we could talk about blue ocean versus red ocean, all that kind of stuff. But um, it's continuing to have those conversations and make sure you know what people are talking about, what they're struggling with. I absolutely love that. Uh, and I and I tell whenever a company comes uh, through an accelerated program that I'm coaching, uh, I yep. always tell them that your goal should be able to get 30 discovery calls set up, meaning you should talk that you should get 30 conversations in the next 60 days. If you can get to that yep. number, even if you don't hit it, you get close 10, 20, whatever, you're going to understand if you have a, a, a market fit that can, that can be validated. You need to have the, that many conversations that is focused on them, their pains and their problems that you can help solve before you can kind of spout off that you're solving these things. And then the second thing you said that I absolutely love, because I think founders fall trapped to this, you have to always be listening to your customer. Once you find that, 
and you stop listening, you start iterating all these things, you, you can iterate away from the customers, which I see happen all the time. You need to stay and have one ear to the ground with your customers and understanding um, the market because it changes so fast. So I loved that. I think one of the first things you and I talked about when we first talked uh, a year or two ago was Lean Startup, was the book Lean Startup, right? Was um, create a beta version and then see how it goes and see what happens and see what sticks and what doesn't. Um, and, and, but you said something that I think people mess up too, when they have these 30 calls, they want to go blah, blah, blah. Let me tell you about the features and benefits of my product. And in, in those conversations, what we need to be doing is asking questions. So do you have this kind of problem? What do you do about it now? How bad of a problem is it? How much money is it costing you to spend time just in the basic sense before you tell about all the good stuff your thing does, find out how bad that problem is. Because everybody's got a million problems, but there's only a few they've got bandwidth, time, money, effort, energy to fix. And you got to see, is your product something that they, there's enough pain around it, for, to use industry jargon, for people to spend money to fix it? I love that. And I think that is crucial for so many entrepreneurs and founders out there. When the company's your baby, it's really easy to want to just like oh, talk man. and talk and talk about it, but you have to know when to stop and listen. And you, pre-show, you brought up three kind of things that founders should be thinking about, yep. mindsets, yep. Uh, as you will, yep. around selling. I want you to share that with our listeners because I, when you said those, they were just like, oh man, this is great. And and, and so many people sure. need to hear this. So would you mind sharing us? Sure, us I'm happy three? to. The first one is ask, don't tell. It's what we were just talking about, right? Instead of telling somebody what their problems are, ask them. And when they give you an answer, say, tell me more about that. Give me an example. How often does that happen? How long has it been going on? Be sincerely curious. Instead of saying, here's your problem, here's what I'm going to fix it, ask them. Don't assume you know, right? So that's number one. Number two is know that you have equal business stature with everybody you talk to. You are the same. You don't have to give stuff away for free. If somebody says, do you jump? You don't have to say how high, you can ask why. Be sure when you give something, if you give somebody something, including pricing or a demo, know what happens next. If I do this for you, will you do this for me, right? If I'm okay giving you a demo, would you tell me at the end what you think about it? If I let you use this thing for a certain period of time, will you tell me whether or not you want to move forward? Equal business. You don't have to give and give and give. You can get something in return. In a negotiation, if you ever give something without getting something in return, the people think they got screwed. If you say it's $1,000, they say, I'll give you 900. You say, okay. They think, damn, I should have said 800. That's, that's Instead, really I can do it for 900, but go ahead. I said, that's really hard. Sure it is. When you're a new founder and you're fighting for every dollar and you're just trying to get something in to show a sale or to make some revenue. And I think this is something that every founder almost needs to like say as a mantra every day. It doesn't matter you know, how big or small the company you're selling to is, you have the same stature as them. We're, we're both humans trying to run a business and we can help each other. And it doesn't mean cutting yep. the best deal or the biggest discount, or it means what can we do to help each other and how do we pass that along back and forth? I, I love that. And if and that's somebody so doesn't want to play in that, and if they don't want to play that, if the person you're talking to just wants to cut your ass, that's not the right guy. 
right? That's not the, so it's part of equal business stats. I'm going to wrap this in is you're not the right fit for everybody. Even if they match your ideal customer profile and have exactly the problems you think that they, you know, that would fix, they may be an asshole. They may not have any money. They may be just using free information. Be willing to walk away. It's okay. If you had 10 more meetings with people who are very well qualified, would you stress over this one? Yeah. Chances are the answer is no. No, absolutely not. And, and it's one of those things that one bad client can eat up so much of your time that you don't uh, have the ability, the capacity to, to sell to more of those really good ones because you're so stuck on dealing with this one and you're limiting yourself. So no one to walk away. I love that. What's number three? Number three is be the guide and not the hero. And I got this from you. I know you read Story, Time, Story Brand by Donald Miller. He talks about characters in every story and he talks about, it just used the Star Wars example to, you know, the hero Luke Skywalker versus the guide who was Yoda. And the hero is one that comes, finds, a, has a problem, saves the day. A lot of people go into sales to be the hero. They want to close the deal, ring the bell, get the check. Hell yeah. The problem with trying to be the hero all the time is that if you don't close the sale, by definition, you're not the hero, you're the loser. Well, sometimes... Yeah, not everybody's going to close. It's not, you can control 50% of the process at best. So a guide is one who's determining, is this the right fit? Do I want to work with this person? Can I help them? Will they pay me? Does it make sense for me to move forward? A hero has to save everybody. A guide picks and chooses who they work with. And you're having a conversation and your ego's not on the line for every sale. Well, and also... Right? Just by definition, being the hero makes it about you because you're acting as the hero yes. and and not, you know, it's it's the same thing that we talk about with like allyship, right? It's like, instead of you, you want to be the ally, you want to be someone to help, not the hero. Like I saved you, I did this yes. for you. Like that, that's, no, you're, right. you're, you're seeing the whole issue wrong. And by definition, trying to be the hero makes it inherently about you and not about those you serve, which is the name of the game when you're selling to a client. Yes. Absolutely. Or to a prospect, right? So yeah. And so if we can, and again, those are easy to say, you talked about how this is so hard. Everything is hard when you're a founder. It's hard. the only reason you would do it and go through that kind of brain damage is if you feel like it would hurt so badly if you didn't put that out in the world. And if you don't feel that way, what you're doing, go get a job. And I don't mean that as any kind of put down. It's too hard. Entrepreneurship is not fucking easy. And that's why I call this no. the bare necessities. <laughs> Part of this podcast right. is, to, is to discuss these things about entrepreneurship. Hoofda. I, I love that. I get ass kicked every day. I get my ass kicked <laughs> right. every day. And, and, you know, shit, it's hard. And, it, and I, I've learned, this is something I read, was that don't ask for it to get easier. Just ask to get better at it. And that's what I ask for every day. How can I get better at this to get myself in bigger problems instead of the smaller problems, right? I love that. And, you know, and, and, and I want to respect your time and I know we're going to wrap this up, but one of the things you also brought up, the, the point number one, which is um, ask and don't tell. Um, yeah. What I really love about that uh, piece as well is that I think because we live in a influencer-based world, everyone wants to be a thought leader, an influencer, um, a content creator. We all have to speak the loudest and be the loudest shouting. And yep. again, that makes it about us. We need to stop yelling at people, telling people what they should and shouldn't buy. Ask those questions. And when and you- And so, man, I'm, go ahead. I was going to say, I was gonna say that, you talked about- It does. 
Brand building is sharing your message. Selling is listening. Brand building is talking about me, 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 me. Put it out there. Selling is about you, 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 about the prospect. And that's the difference. That's when you turn on, you listen. You know, your LinkedIn post is how smart you are and how cool your family is, and all the cool things you're doing and everything else. But when you're in a sales call, it's never about you. That's the brand building is what got you there. Now shut the hell up and learn. I love that. And, you know, it's, it's really funny because I never, until we had this conversation, you know, I was, I was like, I was going to push back on a lot. And you've kind of brought me over to this idea, like there's building relationships, but within our relationships, there's subgroup. What's a business relationship? What's, you know, yeah. uh, a, a, a friendship and whatever. And then where do we kind of draw those lines? And I think the more that you can be, especially if you have a, a client or a prospect that you're becoming friends with, it's really important to talk about that. And like, where does one end and begin? Because if we become friends and you don't buy from me, like, am I going to be not be friends with you anymore? Because you screwed me over and I was counting on you to like, hit my quota for the month. Like that those happens are things all that the happen. time. It does. And sometimes, you know, I've, I've had this happen where like clients became really good friends of mine and we had actually had to end our coaching relationship because we got two good friends and like, I was okay with that. And that was what needed to happen. And that, that just happens. That's okay. But we had our wherewithal to discuss that and make those decisions. So those out there listening, it's important to, to be transparent, have those honest conversations and know when to kind of like discuss those things. And as Walker says, no one to walk away on, you know, things that maybe come up. One last thought, when you're dealing with a friend and you want to know how can I do business with a friend is ask permission, which can sound like, hey, John, do you mind if we have lunch? I want to catch up with you. And I also want to have a business conversation. Is that okay? Or, hey, do you mind if we have a business conversation? So that they have the they can then switch their lens to business. And then you can have these conversations. And with a friend, you say, look, this is so important. Your friendship's more important than any business deal. So I wanna ask permission. Are you okay if we talk business? And then you gotta give the friend permission to tell you no, and you can't take it personally. Because if you do, that. that's your own damn fault. <laughs> Walker, that is awesome. An awesome final point, And appreciate you sharing that with me. Where can my listeners find you? How do they get in touch? Right. So um, walkermckay.com is my website. There's got contact information there. I've got a podcast, the No BS Sales School podcast, everywhere you listen uh, to podcasts. Um, and so that's as good a place as any, walkermckay.com. If you do a link to a Google search on Walker McKay, W-A-L-K-E-R-M-C-K-A-Y, you'll find out all kinds of shit about me. So awesome. Well, I, will, uh, I will make sure to have your website your LinkedIn and your podcast linked right. in the show notes so they can easily one click it. Um, Walker, thank you so much for, for jumping on the pod again uh, with me. I really appreciate you and your time and your energy. Much appreciated, my guy. Y'all, if y'all have not subscribed to Rob's podcast, if you have not shared it with a friend, do so now. That's the way that you can pay him back for all the great content he shares. Walker, I love that. Thank you for that. Bear Nation, uh, as Walker said, be a tier one like subscribe, um, unsubscribe, resubscribe. The more you do that all helps. I appreciate y'all until next time. Stay well and rise up. Bear Nation. Thanks for listening to the bare necessities of entrepreneurship. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and leave us a review. 